Well, we began a series last Sunday morning on Mount Zion, uh, and last Sunday we looked at conquering Mount Zion, and we saw how that after David's third anointing at Hebron, he had you know, a desire for God, for God's presence. He came to Jerusalem, and the last stronghold in Jerusalem that was still occupied by the enemy, and that was the Jebusites, and how that God used David and his mighty men under Joab, the, the general, to overcome and have a great victory over the Jebusites, the enemies who'd been there for several hundred years, and to take Mount Zion. And he came and he made his headquarters, made his capital city, as it were, there at Mount Zion in Jerusalem. Now, it's one thing, David, he came to Mount Zion, but it's another thing to stay at Mount Zion, to abide in Mount Zion. And spiritually, it's one thing, we're, we're heading for Mount Zion, that's our goal, and, and so on. But it's one thing to take Mount Zion or to capture Mount Zion, to defeat the enemies in Mount Zion, but it's another thing to be able to stay there because what happened with David is, you know, David, he brought them to Mount Zion, but then even though they got Mount Zion, then the enemy came to attack. The enemy came to attack, and of course the enemy's goal was to, to take over Mount Zion again and get David and all the inhabitants and all the, the, the Jews and his tribe with him to, and to get them all out of Mount Zion. So we've got to not only get a victory, it's one thing in the sense for us spiritually to get a victory, that's one thing, but it's another thing to, to keep that victory and to keep it day by day. And even sadly with King David, I mean, when was it that he committed his sin? It wasn't at, at the beginning, it wasn't when he was young, but it was after he became king over all of Israel. Which, and made his headquarters at Mount, Mount Zion. So he'd become slack, he was not on guard, and the enemy got in. And so by the grace of God, you know, we, we need to be warned, we need to go on, and you know, constantly, day by day. It's only the mercy of God that keeps us. It's only the mercy of God that keeps us. And no matter how long we've been in the Lord, you know, a people, we have a, God's given us a free choice. People can turn at any time and turn away from the Lord. And I just got the news just a few days ago, you know, in Australia. Big name there, big ministry, big ministry. And, you know, the, the main pastor there just involved in, you know, immorality, wrong situation, and it's affected literally thousands and thousands of people. Um, and so... You know, the enemy is coming in. The enemy is seeking to come in like a flood. But we know that God's spirit is going to raise up a standard against him. And as we seek to develop a close daily relationship with the Lord, the Lord is able to help us. The Lord is able to keep us from falling. If we will do our part and, you know, press into God, pray, seek his face, he is able, you know, to keep us from falling. He's able to, to, to present us faultless before the throne of grace. And so in order to 
attack Mount Zion, last week we saw that the Jebusites had to be defeated, and we saw that the Jebusites represent those who sow discord amongst the, amongst the brethren. And that's something we need, to, we need to be working on, and we need to keep working and do everything we can in our power to keep unity, you know, to have, have unity amongst our brothers and our sisters. And a unity in our heart, a unity of spirit, a unity by the grace of God and faith, what we believe, and a unity of one another, a unity of the brethren coming together. Now, that's the Jebusites. But it wasn't too long afterwards that there was an attack against Zion, attack against David, and it came, this time, it came not from the Jebusites, but it came from the Philistines. In other words, they were the enemies, the past enemies. They've been enemies for many years, and they're, of course, not within Israel. They're, you know, they're, you know, from without. And so we read in 2 Samuel chapter 5, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 to 21, we see there the, the first battle that they had, and the first battle that was against the Philistines. And 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of, heard of it, and they and went down to the hold. He, they came to they, they came to defeat him. They came to attack him, and David went down to the stronghold. And it says, verse eighteen: the Philistines also came, and they spread themselves in the valley of Re, of Rephaim. And that would have been a, that was a huge valley. That would have been multitudes, thousands of them. They come. And they'd come to attack David and his kingdom, just his newly, newly established kingdom. And this valley of Rephaim, it was the valley southwest of Jerusalem, which is only separated by a mountain ridge from that of Ben-Hinnom. Ben-Hinnom is a, is a valley in the south of Jerusalem. And, and that was, it was, you know, it was, it was the rubber, in Bible times, a lot of the time it was like the rubbish dump. And it was the Valley of Hinnom, and that, from that we got Gehenna, which was the Greek word for, for hell. And so the Philistines came, and they attacked before David's kingdom, and his capital, Mount Zion, was properly established. But David is to be commended, because we see in verse 19 what, it, what David did. It says, David inquired of the Lord. And his question to the Lord, he inquired of the Lord. He asked the Lord, and he asked, basically he asked two questions from the Lord. And the first question he asked is, shall I go up? Shall I go up to the Philistines? Shall I go up and attack them? And then he asked a second question, which was very wise. He said, will you, will you deliver the Philistines into my hand? In other words, He's asking, am I going to win or am I going to lose? Am I going to defeat them or are they going to defeat me? And the Lord spoke to David. And the Lord said to David, go up, go up. And I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hands. 
So the Lord said to him, you give up and attack them, and I'll give you the victory. And he, David asked those two questions, and God answered him on those two questions. David's attitude, you know, we can learn so much from that. You know, he was, he was humble. He did not presume because he'd had many military victories in the past. He did not presume that he was able to defeat them. No. He inquired of the Lord. He asked of the Lord. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is your plan? What is your will? He was dependent upon the Lord. Dependent upon the Lord. And then in verse 20, and it says, And David came to Baal Perazim. Baal Perazim. And David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me at the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Baal Perazim. He called the name of that place Baal Perazim. First part of verse 20 in the Amplified Version, it puts it like this. It says, the Lord has broken through my enemies like a bursting out of great waters. In other words, the, the, Lord, the Lord broke his enemies. And that, the word Baal-perism, the word Baal-perism, it means Lord of breaking through, Lord of breaking through. And David came to Baal Perism. And the word Baal, I mean, it's, it was a false god they worshipped. But basically, the word Baal by itself, it just meant a master or the, the master or a, the, the Lord. And, and here the thought is it's the Lord of the breakthrough, the Lord of breaking through, or, or Lord of the breakthrough. Just like a flood. You know, breaks through, breaks through, and, and, and carries with it everything that opposes it. And so the Philistines, you know, they, they, they'd come to attack. They'd come in huge numbers. They'd come to crush David's government, even before it, you know, got properly birthed and settled, and to crush the government in its infancy before it was settled. But as David depended upon the Lord... God gave him, God gave him breakthrough. God gave him breakthrough and victory, breakthrough and victory. And I believe God is wanting to give us, give us, you know, fresh breakthrough and bring us into fresh victory, victory, breakthrough and victory. And it's significant that the, the word Philistines, what is the meaning of Philistines? And the Philistines... It's, they, they speak of envy, envy particularly, particular, and jealousy, envy and jealousy. And, you know, David, God gave David a victory, victory over the Philistines. And God wants to give us, you know, full victory, victory, you know, over envy, over jealousy. They can be very subtle things that come into our lives. And, you know, sometimes we don't even realize they're there. But they're from the enemy. And, you know, God hates envy. He hates jealousy. They're works of the flesh. They'll lead us down and not up. And we read 
that the Philistine, the Philistine, and they speak, the Philistines speak of envy. They speak of, uh, of jealousy, and they did. They envied David. And in Genesis 26, in verse 14, it speaks of the, the envy of the Philistines, how they envied Isaac. And Isaac went up into the land of the, land of the Philistines, and it says that, that you know, God had blessed Isaac. God had blessed Isaac. Isaac had sown. And it was a time of famine. And, and God blessed it, and it came forth, not 30-fold, not 60-fold, but 100-fold he got. And, and then got in the, even in the time of famine, God, God blessed him. He had much flocks. He had much herds. He had many servants. What a wonderful thing. And, you know, there's much uncertainty. Many parts of the world today, many are, you know, will we have enough food? Will the supermarkets... Be, be, be full, be open. And, uh, you know, many uh, people, you know, are stocking up because of fear of, of lack. And, you know, God, in the midst of that, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of famine, in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of hardships, God not only blessed Isaac, but God blessed Isaac, you know, a hundredfold, abundantly, in the midst of that famine. And, you know, in the midst of hard times, I know it was, I think it was Amy Simple McPherson in the time of the Depression in America, around 1929, 30, 31, around about that time. And, you know, there was a terrible depression, many going out of food, big food lines, rations. Many people had, had you know, great, great difficulties. But even in the time of, of, of that famine, uh, time of all those difficulties in the Great Depression, she was able to build this huge church. It was completely paid for, and then they provided money. The, the church there, you know, were, were giving out meals, and, you know, hundreds and hundreds, I think thousands of, of meals, you know, they were able to give out and bless many others, even in the midst of the difficulties and of the famine. And I believe it's going to be so in the last days. You know, as God, you know, God, the darkness will increase. The difficulties will increase. There'll be times of, you know, Famine, of shortages, of not enough, not enough supplies, not enough food. But God is going to, even in the midst of the difficulties and the hardships and the problems that America will face, you know, I believe God is going to come forth in a mighty way and is going to bless his church. Not only that we just have enough for ourselves, but we're able to give and be a blessing, you know, to many, many others. And I believe with all my heart that's coming, that, you know, is coming. And then, anyway, because God had blessed Isaac, the Philistines, they envied him. Genesis 26 and verse 14. And he had an abundance of, you know, flocks and herds and servants and cattle. And, and he reaped a hundredfold. But that sin of the Philistines' envy, it, it's one of the battles we're going to all have to face at some stage. And, you know, God... God wants to give us, he wants to give us, you know, personal victory, you know, over, over every trace of, of, of envy. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we hardly know it's there, and, you know, maybe, maybe it's only there in a measure, but by the grace of God, we want to root it out completely by the power of his spirit, and, and, that, sin, you know, and that sin of envy, you know, God wants to bring each one into personal victory in that, in that area. You know, the Saul, 
He was, he was full. He was full of, of envy and jealousy against David. It consumed him. It consumed him. And, you know, David had no... He, he would not touch the Lord's anointed. And he had, he had nothing against... David had nothing against Saul. But because God's hand and God's anointing and God's blessing was upon, was upon David... You know, Saul was full of envy, full of envy, full of jealousy against him. And in fact, Saul was, it was, he had a spirit of envy, spirit of jealousy. And he was smitten with that spirit from the Lord. And that's, he, he opened up the way for that spirit of, of envy and jealousy to come in. This is Saul did because of his disobedience. He did not obey what God told him to do. And it ended up costing him his throne. So to have victory over a Saul, you know, we need to be like David. We need to be like David. David had at least two opportunities we could have, where he could have easily, easily killed, killed Saul. But no, he, he would not touch. He would not touch the Lord's anointed. And, you know, David did not touch him. He forgave him. And, you know, basically he was out to do him good. And we should be like that if there's those who are against us. You know, don't touch them, forgive them, and seek to do them good. And then wait, you know, for God to come and for God's deliverance and for God's vindication. And so, one of the, I mean, Zion, Mount Zion speaks of many things. It speaks of many things. But one of the things that it does speak of is breakthrough, breakthrough, and breakthrough over our enemies. And as we come to Zion, God is wanting, he's, he's the God of the breakthrough. He's the Lord of the breakthrough. He's Baal Perizim, and he's wants to, he wants to give us the breakthrough in areas where, you know, the enemy is ruling in our life. And to give us breakthroughs, you know, over the enemy. And as I mentioned, David asked those two questions. Shall I go up? Will you deliver them into my hand? In other words, will I succeed? Will I have the victory? Now, God said yes to David. God said yes to David. I will deliver them. And that happened. God delivered them. And David had a great victory against the enemy. But we also need to understand that just because you know, sometimes God says yes. God, sometimes God says yes, but it's not his best. It's his second best or his third best. And just because God may say yes to some prayer, and that's why we need to be careful what we pray, it doesn't always mean that it is right. It is right. And this is brought out clearly in Numbers chapter 22 when it talks about Balaam. In fact, Numbers 22, 23, 24, they speak about Balaam. Balaam was a prophet of God. He was a true prophet, but the problem with Balaam, there was mixture in his life. You know, he, he did hear from, from God, and he did give the word of the Lord. But he was also hearing from, 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 from demons involved in witchcraft. And he was also, you know, full of, full of greed in his heart. And 
You know, Balaam, the, the, the princes of, of, of Moab, Balak was the king of Moab, and the children of Israel on their wilderness journey, towards the end of the 40 years, they were coming up and they were, they were ending their, shortly before they ended the wilderness journey. And, and Moab, and the king of Moab, Balak, he wanted to curse the children of Israel. And so he called Balaam, and he went to Balaam, and he sent these, pr these princes to Balaam and said, I'll give, you, I'll give you much money. You'll get honor. I'll give you these rewards if you will curse the children of Israel. And they came to him with offers and rewards. Anyway, Balaam asked the Lord, and the Lord says, no, don't go. Don't go. I've not cursed the children of Israel. I've blessed them. So then those princes go back, and the king of Balak is not very happy. The king of ba Balak, the king of Moab, is not very happy. So then he sends higher princes, offering more money, or more honor, more rewards. And, he, and, and so, you know, Balaam is hoping that God will change his mind or that God will, you know, maybe, maybe this time we'll let him go. And he asks God again. And God had already told him the answer. He should never have asked God again, because he'd, he'd asked God the first time, and God gave him the answer. And he knew the answer was no, he should not go. But then he asked again. He asked God again. And then this time, God says, you go. Yes, you can go. And God gave him that answer. But it was the answer according to his heart. And anyway, he went, and he was not able to speak the word of cursing three times on three different occasions. He, he, he blessed the children of Israel, first time, second time, third time. And, you know, the Lord had his way. But there was that greed and that covetousness which was, was, was in his heart. Greed and covetousness uh, was in his heart. In, in the book of Judges, in Judges chapter 20, it's there, the children of Israel, they inquired of the Lord, and they said, shall we go up against the Benjamites? And there'd been terrible, terrible immorality committed. And God said, yes, but they did not ask, will we succeed? Will we, will we win? Uh, and the first two times they went up, you know, and, and it was a good cause. It was a just cause. But the first two times, you know, they were, they were, they were defeated. They were defeated. So just because God answers yes, it does not always mean that it is the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do. For example, you know, can I marry? Can I marry Mr. X? And on one occasion, the Lord may say, yes, you may, but it's not God's best. It's not God's best. It's a second man. It's the second best. There's one young man, you know, I talked to, and he had a certain country on his heart, 
and, and the call of God was on his heart. And he got friendly with this other girl, and she did not have the call of God on her life. And I encouraged him to break it off with, with that girl because she didn't have that, that call of God. And others encouraged him. And others told him not to marry her. I told him. I told this guy not to, not to marry her. Other people told, gave, you know, gave the same counsel. But anyway, he went ahead and you know, he married her. So, you know, sometimes, you know, God will, will, sometimes God may say yes, even though it's not his perfect, perfect will. And anyway, that young man, he never got to that country. I believe he missed God's best for his life, lost his spiritual inheritance. God gave David the victory over the Philipp Philistines because he depended upon the Lord. He could have depended in his own army. He had mighty men. He trained them. He trained them. You know, they, they started off. They were discouraged. They were, they were defeated. They were depressed and everything. And, and David turned them into mighty men. There were 400. Then it became 600. And they were great soldiers. But he did not depend on, on those soldiers, on that army. He depended on the Lord. He trusted in the Lord. His confidence was in the Lord not even on his army. And as we've mentioned, you know, he called the place, he called that place of victory, Baal Perizim, the Lord of the breakthrough, where God gave him the victory, God gave him the break breakthrough. And, you know, I feel this morning, you know, even as David, Dave, God gave David the breakthrough against his enemies. And as we go on, to Mount Zion, as we have a vision before us and are going on to spiritual Mount Zion, you know, there are enemies. Enemies are very real. There's gonna, the enemy, Satan, is going to do everything he can to stop us, to hinder, hinder us, fulfilling the will, will of God for our lives personally and for our lives as a church and for, our, and for you know, the, the future of the fellowship. Uh, there are enemies. There are enemy, enemies rising up. But God gave David the breakthrough. God gave David the victory. And I believe God, you know, wants to give, give us, give us, give us, Mount Zion Church, give us victory, victory, and breakthrough so that we go on to new heights spiritually, new dimensions of worship and the presence of God. We go on into the fulfillment of God's will and purposes. And I believe also Baal Perizim, the Lord of the breakthrough, he wants to break, he wants to break in our lives, personally, you know, some bondages in our lives, you know, as we depend on him, as we, we look to him. He, he is the Lord of the breakthrough. Certain things, we, we don't have the strength in ourselves, and we need the Lord to come and the Lord to, to break Break. He's the Lord of the breakthrough. Break bondages in our lives. And, uh, and one, one area, the Philistines, you know, this, this bondage of, of envy, envy, envy and jealousy. You know, often people are envious of, you know, others because of what they've got or what they can do or the abilities they have. 
And, you know, it can be some, something which is very much hidden in their heart, but it's there, it's there. It's that, 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 that root of envy is in our being, in our hearts. And, you know, God wants us to realize, you know, we're not, we're not like somebody else. We should never try to copy others. God's created each one of us unique and different, and we, we've got, each one of us have got a certain, certain things that God's called us to do and a ministry for us to fulfill. And really our goal in life is just to, to seek to know what God's called us to do and then by his grace to fulfill those things in our lives. And bondages in our life, as we depend on him, God is wanting to break the Lord of the breakthrough. And then in verse 21, it says, And they left their, their images or their idols. Now the Philistines had taken their idols into battle because that they, were trusting in the, they were trusting in their idols. You know, David was trusting in God. He depended on God and the word of the Lord. But the Philistines, they were trusting you know, in their idols. And so when they were defeated, it says they, and when, when the army of the, David's army came out against them, they left their images, their idols, they, they left them there, they just dropped them and they, 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 they ran. And, and then it says David and his men, they got those images, they got those images that they had, the idols that they had. And what did they do with them? Verse 21, it says that David's men burnt them. They burnt those idols. They destroyed them. They destroyed them. In Deuteronomy 7, Deuteronomy 7, and, and we need to be very careful what we allow in our homes, what we allow in our homes. And Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 5, and it tells us there, but this shall ye deal with them. You shall destroy, destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves. In other words, every trace of idolatry, get rid of it, and burn their graven images with fire. And then it goes on, those last verses in chapter 7, in verse 25, the graven images of their gods burn with fire. Don't desire the silver, the gold that is on them. Take it unto you, lest thou be snared therein, for it's an abomination to the Lord. And then it said, don't bring an abomination into your house, lest you become a cursed thing like it. But you shall utterly detest it, and you shall utterly abhor it. It is a cursed thing. It is a, it is a cursed thing. And so books associated with magazines, books, other things associated with witchcraft, other religions, heavy metal music, rock music, all those sort of things. Songs composed by those on drugs and in the occult. Contemporary Christian music, so-called Christian music. You know, the, all those sort of things. We should, we should be very, very careful. We should burn them, get rid of them. Don't have things in our homes and things associated with the occult or, or you know, other gods other religions, um, and to, to, to get rid of them. We need to be very, very careful, you know, what we allow on the, you know, on the computer, 
on, on our laptops, on our phones. Very, very, very careful because, you know, the enemy can just seek to sneak in and it gets worse and worse and worse. And so many today, so many today, and this is Christians, even leaders, you know, those who have you know, become hooked on, you know, pornography, things like this, very common. And so we need to be very, very careful, very, very careful. One sister who's, who, was, who was in ministry, you know, her mother had been involved in the occult and witchcraft, and that mother had really dominated her life, even though she was going on for the Lord and serving the Lord. And so Marilyn, Marilyn and myself, we, we, you know, we, we, um, we counseled her because the mother had given her you know, clothing and jewelry and so on, and we counseled her to get rid of these things, to burn them. And it seemed that, this, that, that like a curse came upon the daughter's life, you know, and everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. Marriage broke up and other things happened. And, you know, we prayed. We prayed against the spirit of, of, of witchcraft, um, you know, in, in her life. And we burnt. We covered those clothes with, I think it was gas or kerosene. And, and we burnt the clothes and photos and, and burnt those things that the, the mother had given her. And, you know, as a result, you know, her, her life just there was a wonderful change, wonderful change in her life when she burned and got rid of those things, as David did. He burnt those images with fire. There was a young lady right in the north of New Zealand where we pastored when we after we got married, and there was this Maori girl, and she had these this wooden feather box, and inside of it there was a carving of a Maori god inside of it, and so. We, she was, we, uh, we told her you need to burn it. So we poured kerosene on it and then ignited it. But it, we, we couldn't get it to burn. We had to put on more. And anyway, finally it ignited and there was a loud bang. And it was like, almost like a, like a demonic power, demonic power in that, in that carved box. And in other words, it was a real resistance to it being destroyed. And so we need to be very careful, you know, what we, what we have in our homes, that we don't have anything that's, you know, displeasing to the Lord in any way. Can you imagine it? One time I was preaching in a certain Muslim country, and I was given, I was given a couple of mugs to, to drink, and, uh, you know, there were mosques on these, these, uh, these um, the mugs, so I had to destroy them. That was given to me by some well-meaning dear Christian brother. Anyway, there was another battle that David faced, a second battle against the Philistines. And we see this in 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. And it says in verse 22, And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. It was exactly the same situation as the first battle. The Philistines came up. They came up... In a big number, they came to they came to this valley of Rephaim, and thousands of them spread out there, and it was exactly it was really it was a it was a replica of the first battle. It was, it was exactly the same as before, and you know David could have he could have easily thought he could have easily thought or said he had, well you know I, I know how to handle this, I can do it. It worked last time, 
we can get, easily get the victory. But he didn't. He didn't. He had a humble heart, and he depended totally on the Lord. And so what did he do? He asked the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. What shall I do this time, Lord? And the Lord said, and then the Lord gave him a plan. And at verse 23, it says, you shall go up. But, but this time it's going to be different. You're going to fetch a circle or make a circle behind them with your soldiers and come upon them by the mulberry trees. And so he inquired of the Lord. And as he inquired of the Lord, showed his dependence upon the Lord. And, but this time, even though it was exactly the same situation, God gave him a different strategy. God gave him a different battle plan. And in verse 22, and then verse 23, God says basically, don't go up as you did before. But it's a different plan. Circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. In front of the mulberry trees. Totally different battle plan. And so then God said in verse 24, And when you hear a sound going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that's the time, rise up, for then shall the Lord go out before you to smite the host of the Philistines. So God told David that when you hear the sound of a going, or we could say like the marching of an army, the marching of an army in the air upon the tops of the mulberry trees. And that sound, you know, in the air, like the marching of an army, was, was a signal for, for David to get up and to move. And also, this would have put the Philistines into great confusion. And so they retreated in fear. They fell into... And, and, and David obeyed the instructions of the Lord, and the soldiers, many soldiers were, were behind. And then when those in front, when they began to attack the Philistines, the Philistines retreated, and they retreated in fear, and they fell into the hands of David's army, which lay behind them, behind them in the rear. And God gave David a mighty victory. And, you know, David, he obeyed. He obeyed the orders of the Lord. Verse 25, And David did so as, he, as, as the Lord had commanded him and smote the Philistines from Gaba until they came to Gaza. And so David, he waited. He waited till God moved. And when God moved, David moved. And the Lord went before and David had a great victory. And so David's army, they marched together with the hosts of heaven, with the army of heaven, with the angel of heaven. And, you know, that can never be defeated. There were two armies marching together. God's army, the angels of heaven, David's army. In Song of Song, and chapter 6 and verse 13, Song of Song, chapter 6, and verse 13. It says, Return, return, O Shulamite. Return, return, that we might look upon thee. What will you see in the Shulamite? As it were, the company of two armies. The company of two 
armies. And the Hebrew word there for those two armies, it's a Hebrew word, mihanaim. Mihanaim. I probably pronounced it wrong, but it's mihanaim. And here we see, there, here we see like a person, this can be applied individually or collectively as a church, you know, walk, walking with God. And like two armies, like two armies moving together, armies that are, can't be beaten, armies that are absolutely invincible. And this is what God's going to do. This is what God is preparing for us in the last days. You know, the church and the heavenly hosts, the church and the heavenly hosts, the army of heaven, those angels marching with the footsteps you know, in the air and in alignment with them, you know, the army of God, with the armor of God, going forth, going forth together with the army of heaven. And so here we see, you know, these armies walking with God, two armies moving together, armies that are invincible. And this is what God is going to do in the last days, the church and the heavenly hosts moving together. And we want to be those. We want to be those who, by the grace of God, are in the army of the Lord, who, are, who have on the armor of God, who have the sword of the Spirit, who have the word of God in our hearts and are ready for battle, ready to battle against the enemy. We want to be those who are led by the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul says to the Romans, those that are led by the Holy Spirit, you know, they are the sons of God. And that sons of God doesn't mean the young guys, it doesn't mean the children, but it means huios, the, the mature sons of God, the mature daughters of God, the mature sons and daughters of the living God. And by the grace of God, God is wanting for us to press into him, to press on to Zion, and that we would be those led by the Spirit of God. You know, David was, he, he, he was led by the Spirit. He, was, he, he inquired of the Lord. He asked God every time. He heard the voice of God. He didn't just presume and think, well, because it worked one time, it's going to, this way, it's going to work uh, this, this way the next time. No. Lord, what do you want? Lord, what is your will this time? Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And that's what Jesus said, wasn't it, at the, the Garden of Gethsemane. He did not want to take that cup. He said, Lord, is there any way that I don't have to drink of that cup, speaking of the sin of the world? But there was no other way. And so Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Thy will be done. And so... God gave David the breakthrough. God gave David the breakthrough. And I believe God is wanting, first of all, individually, God to give individuals here this morning, you know, breakthroughs, breakthroughs in your personal life. Maybe of envy, maybe of anger, maybe some other area. Maybe it's, maybe it's not a great problem, but it's there. It's there in your heart. And, you know, God is wanting to fully deal with things and a breakthrough in that area. 
He is the God. He is Baal Perism. He's the Lord, the master of the breakthrough. And, and then secondly, for our church, for our church, Mount Zion, there are enemies. There's enemies seeking to stop what God is wanting to do. And we've got to pray together, pray together, cry out to God. He's the Lord of the breakthrough, that God will break the power of the enemy. And God will, and you know, God, the enemy will not hinder what God is wanting to do in these. We're living in crucial days. We're living in crucial days. And, you know, war going on in Ukraine. And, you know, so many affecting so many nations. Affecting, effects of it are all over the world. And, you know, it's not a time to play around. It's a time to press into God. It's a time to go on for the Lord. It's a time to cry out to God. He'll take us to Mount Zion. It's a time to look to the Lord, that he'll show us things that need to be taken care of in our lives, sins that need to be dealt with, areas of our life that are maybe not pleasing to him. And, you know, he's here this morning. He is Baal Perizam, the God of the breakthrough, the master of the breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough. The musicians come now.